0: back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm Ross Thompson, and I'll be telling some stories about how this all started, but I'm also joined by a few of the, or I guess really all, of the other <laughs> members of this podcast. So, Tom, thanks for coming. Hey, Ross. Mike, good to see you. Hello. And Joey.
1: Good to see you again, Ross. Wonderful.
0: I'm glad we could all come in and share some more stories together. And. As we've been doing these uh, these first few episodes, it's talking about kind of what got us into the world of maybe specifically big body rough and tumble play. And through our discussions, have found out I was the child that needed big body play and rough and tumble play, and sought it out quite frequently. He was that kid. I was that kid. My report card always said can't sit still, talks too much, but pleasure to have in class. So you know, I knew I knew the balance, I could find the line, but I was the one who was always bouncing in their desk or had to get up and sharpen their pencil or yeah I had uh, there was concerns of possibly a bladder infection because I went (laughs) to the bathroom all the time but you know I I needed to move because sitting for me was really hard and even as we're sitting here you know I'm the one who's
2: you are moving
0: I'm I'm always rocking a little bit I think maybe a rocking chair would be helpful But, uh, you know, it does. It gives me a little bit. But that's, so, I mean, if you can see that, that's, that's kind of the children we're talking about. I think a lot of you have those children in your classroom. You yourself may have been one or you feel that frustration yourself of why can't they sit still at large group? Just give me five minutes. As we've kind of gone into our discussions talking about how children develop, we know from that developmental standpoint that the body's kind of that first vehicle for learning. And so... You know, that's what's helped me at being a part of this group and having these discussions. It kind of almost let me reflect back and go, oh, that was why. Right. You know, I was one that wanted to play sports all year round at the daycares, the after school programs I was at. Can I go to the gym now? Can I go down to the gym? If there was a game uh, out at recess of either jumping off the top of the slide or going, you know, how far can you launch yourself off the swings
1: I think it's interesting we've talked about it before, though, is that for you, like, you obviously understood adults well. And if, you know, it doesn't sound like you got into, like, a ton of trouble. Yeah. They were just like, oh, that Ross, you yeah. know, he's, he's wiggling again. Yeah. And that you were really good at these things. And so then you also had uh, standing with your peers. You yeah. know, I think so it's think So many times we see kids yeah. and you're thinking, oh, they're just, they're like, they're not quite fitting in. They're kind yeah. of, you know, they're they're going to have trouble following directions later or they're bumping in. They don't know where their bodies is in space and they're bumping in. And you're kind of the story of the kid mm-hmm. who definitely needed to do all this moving, but it actually socially it didn't work against you. And I, I think that's a, sometimes you yeah. look at it as it could be, it could be a hindrance in life. And I feel like you've yeah. found a way to navigate it yeah. um, to your, to your benefit. Definitely. Whether that's because adults were understanding your needs and helping you find what you needed,
0: or I don't know. I think there, I think, you know, thinking about that, that when I have these memories, I also rem- you know, recognize that it's, Probably seven, eight, nine is where I'm pulling a lot of these right. from. So right. you know, we're we're all in the world really childhood, and you know it's hard to remember specifics other than just being active. Right. Right. But you know, I think also because of the time we grew up, there, the preschool, daycare, things, those were kind of you know, in a sense, what we call free for all now. But there was a lot of unstructured time, mm-hmm. and so as I had gotten older and the being able to work with the children. I was also very rule-bound. I should also be very clear about that. Like, I knew what the rules were, and I needed to make sure I didn't break them. So getting in trouble at school also would. Right.
1: So that's why you sharpen pencils and use bathroom. Yeah.
0: I, I found ways <laughs> to do it while still kind of staying within the, uh-huh. the parameters of what was right, acceptable behavior. Sports. What's
2: really interesting about that is um, you, you say you were seven and eight, and we're working with two, three, and four-year-olds yeah. who don't have the capacity to be able to navigate that and yeah. need to move all the time. And with the schoolification of early childhood, it's, it's putting more constraints on those kids who need to move.
0: That's, that's what's happening. Yeah. I was thinking,
3: that. oh, yeah, we have to make sure that people are structuring in unstructured
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> right? With sitting at a recent conference where like, the question was asked. To a room of preschool teachers, who does calendar? Who does weather charts? And, you know, 80%, 70%, it was a large number of the room, said, yeah, we do. And she goes, well, think about what, you know, the weather that children need to experience, what's going to be the most concrete is them going out and being in the weather that day.
3: Right. They'll, they'll learn a lot more. Boy, what was it? Friday with that melt, we were, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, the kids were walking mm-hmm. around these puddles that were like, I don't know, five, six inches deep. Yeah. It's like,
0: they learned about the weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's where I think, Mike, what you said, just unstructuring structuring unstructured time. You know, we're we're thinking that if we can get the brain working first, getting all those facts, getting mm-hmm. all that knowledge, that's only gonna set them up for that later academic success. And that's what we've you know, through our all of our reading, our discussions, that it's we wanna emphasize that it's the reverse. Yeah. It's it almost the,
3: sets up a divide of so yeah. the kids who can do that, they'll do fine, and the kids who can't, they go into this separate system, this you know, special ed system, which, not putting down special ed at all, but it'd be nice if they could focus
0: on kids who really do need the help and don't just need to be moving around more. Yeah. What was always asked, I think, I don't know if I said this already, but, you know, people ask, what's your favorite class? What's your favorite subject at school? Gym. What else? Recess. You know, because those were the times where I could be me and I could really... Can we just ask each of us what your favorite (laughs) class was? That'd be really fun. Tom, your favorite. It
2: wasn't gym. I, I... I think my favorite was lunch. Ah, just, just sitting and talking with friends and being together that way. But not gym. Yeah. I didn't like going in the locker room and changing into shorts. And I don't know. that just didn't yeah. like it. I definitely
3: didn't like gym either. I was the one, if, if it was like baseball or softball, I was in right field. Mm-hmm. And I would specifically say, put me where I don't need to do anything. Yeah. And, and for me, it was probably science or art.
1: Mine was not gym and it was not lunch, uh, it was probably art, mm-hmm. which is a, a class where you move. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are, you're not constrained. There's, yep. a, you know, there's more uh, freedom. Yeah. Hopefully, within it? Pass the paint, one of the best games ever. Mm-hmm. But that's another.
0: That's a whole other podcast, <laughs> whole another, whole another episode <laughs> of Pass the Paint. But I think what resonated what was the the most. The game
1: you talked about in the gym,
0: Jungle Tag. Yeah, I'm getting, uh, I'm okay. coming back to Come that. On. So
1: gotta tell everybody about Jungle Tag.
0: But I think that was it was the reason why it's because I finally got to be unencumbered by, or the constraints of the desk. Like I could finally do what felt right. And I could do something I was really good at. I was also really good at math and I loved problem solving and solving puzzles. And the times when we would get up to play games in the room or get to build with blocks for maybe five minutes a week, I really kind of came alive because it, it made sense. And now thinking about my college experience, when you had to pick a language, I I continued with Spanish because that's what I did through high school. And it was okay. I knew it. But then when I took sign language, it cl- I mean, it just as an immediate, oh, that makes so much more sense because I could see, I could visualize it. So I see much the picture. more pictures. kinetic. And yeah. so, you know, that's where I think thinking about really young children, we need to make sure they have the freedom to do that. And I think that's what, you know, we're all advocates for that movement and really understanding that. If we want children to grasp those later abstract, mathematical, higher level scientific thinking skills, it's going to be the opportunities to move, feel, touch, that are going to bring it.
1: Concrete experiences. Exactly.
0: Hands on with your actual hands. You know. (laughs) Right. Talking about and things we we uh, saw Jill Connell speak, who's the author of *A Moving Child is a Learning Child* with Cheryl McCarthy, and we saw her speak. And I still resonate so much where she said she had the bubble-making gun and she was shooting around the classroom and her children were running around with Popsicle sticks. And the principal or the uh, director came in and said, what are you doing? And she said, well, we're reading. <laughs> and she goes, well, how, what do you mean? And she said, well, your eyes, you have to learn to track words on a page and follow the, the pattern of what's going to happen. We need to do that in a natural, concrete way before you can start getting into words and letters. Right.
3: And some of it is, um, from the teacher's point of view, is learning to see it, Yeah, right? Because kids are tracking all the time, but yeah. we often try to stop them, because, no, no, I want you to look here. Mm-hmm. If I'm reading a book, and I, there's like a window behind where I usually read books, if they start watching some birds flying, like I remember one, for a little while, we had robins in the winter that were yeah living near the school, so kids were like, oh, there's robins! You know, it's like, wow, they're tracking those robins flying from mm-hmm. tree to tree outside the door, yeah. and I have to give up a little bit of my own ego yeah. there and
0: <laughs> let it go. I'm like, no, no, no. Here, look back at the book.
2: <laughs> my book is
1: fascinating. Pay yeah. attention. Yeah.
2: Actually, they're probably still paying attention to the reading anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah well, that's the thing, it's too. Right? Not, it's, yeah. like, it's like they're, they're not just focusing on one thing. They they can listen. Right, also. if I skipped a page, they'd yeah. all complain.
0: Hey, they really know it. Like, you didn't, that's not what that book says. Right. They, they know. They'll call you out on it. And that was me, too. By moving, by bouncing, by Doodling on my paper, I'm actually more focused and able yeah. to kind of, it, it helps keep me attended or t- attending to what is being presented. And so, you know, that was, again, it just as I learned more about this field, I could look back and go, oh, that's why I was doing this. That's why this felt better. That's where the teachers that allowed that movement, that freedom, my ninth grade English teacher who said, one, you're going to write your own tests, and that was fascinating, but then we're also going to play paperball. Where, at the, when we're done, we're going to crumple them up, we're going to throw them around the room, and you're going to try to get them in to the recycling bin. And it was. Well, right. Don't
1: you think, for better or for worse, this might be too much of a tangent, but yeah. for better or for worse, I feel like teaching can attract. I don't have a survey, I don't have data, but people who want order. They love children, but there's also, they've been told that the field is about maintaining order. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And so the interpretation of that.
2: You have to tame the child.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, I don't mean I'm not disparaging. It's just Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the interpretation that people have sometimes is that they have to maintain control and order in order to teach. And Mm -hmm. so um, I think it
3: also attracts people who learn by reading. Well, yes. And therefore, like when you it's hard to understand people who don't learn the same way. Yeah. And so I think that's the other part of it. Right. Is that. Like, as I learned... Well, people
1: through... who liked school probably grew up to be teachers.
3: Right, yeah. I mean, I would imagine. But I loved, I loved school, but the thing, like, I remember my favorite teacher was a teacher most people didn't like, but he explained physics by telling stories. Yeah. And I think of the way I teach, storytelling is one of the main things I do, and mm-hmm. so it just clicked with me. I learned so much from him, and I can explain angular momentum by the story of, you know, his college roommate who got a motorcycle. Yeah. And didn't realize to put your feet down on it stops rolling and things like that I can tell you those stories still so it's easy for me to tell those stories what I have a hard time doing is you know I had to learn the physical stuff
0: right and I think that's where it as we're you know kinda putting these pieces together that sense of physical domain isn't in its (laughs) in its own box its own compartment and then the cognitive brain is not its own section we don't and we we're so used to breaking it up by section by content area especially as we get older and as that brain is getting more mature, it's ready for more of that. You can kind of separate it out, but for that younger mind, the mind-body, hence the name of this podcast, that's what's fueling the learning. And so, realizing that mathematical learning, scientific thinking, social engagement, emotional you know support and mm-hmm. self-confidence is growing through all those experiences and culminating in Jungle Tag which was this game that All we played right. <laughs> jungle tag. In, in our elementary school. And it was the game that almost everybody, maybe just me, because I was still very egocentrically minded at the time, <laughs> that was the game where we for a couple of weeks the gym was transformed into the jungle. The volleyball net was draped across the middle of the gym. There was the climbing rope from the ceiling. There were mats down. There were runways. There were blocks on the floor. You would run around the outside of the, the track on the gym was the, per- the perimeter and then you would work your way into the jungle by crossing the blocks that were going over the quicksand or the balance being Watson that was cro- chasing you yeah so there was one lion <laughs> and then everybody and there was a tag situation yeah. where you'd run and tag and do but all the other learning that had to happen and negotiating that had to happen but the risk-taking socially physically emotionally that was all happening so it, it all kind of came together in this game that was so much fun and if you want to hear more about that. I'm happy to have a separate episode related only to that. But to wrap this one up, I think it was just, it was, it was great to have someone that saw me recognized this ability to learn and that could, those teachers could work with me seeing mm-hmm. I, I needed to wiggle and uh, they gave me a little bit of room, but not too much to, that would be disruptive. Right. right. And that allowed me to keep learning. And so I think that's, you know, a, a topic we'll continue to talk about mm-hmm. time and time again. Uh, so this, let
1: those children sharpen those pencils.
0: Let them sharpen their pencils, just you know.
3: And go to work. the bathroom. That is one that I used to like. You just went to the bathroom and no. it's like, like a that?
1: water fountain in the hallway, you know, no. I'll gotta go up here. Right yeah,
3: yeah, they're not telling me they need to use the bathroom. Yeah.
0: They're telling me I need to move. Yeah. And if we can listen, we can go through. So and we'll continue these topics in future episodes. Thanks for listening to Teaching with the Body and Mind, and we'll see you again next week.
2: Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Ross.
0: Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Mind.
3: We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.